Welcome to the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Axel Ragnarsson, and on this show, I dissect how seasoned multifamily investors started, built, and scaled their businesses. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here on the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. In this week's quick solo episode, I'm going to be talking about the holy grail of real estate investing and really what every single real estate investor should be striving to achieve. And uh, I'll quickly mention why I'm thinking about this. And this is a this this thought really has been growing in me after I had a conversation with a long-term real estate investor uh, who's active in one of our local markets, uh, somebody who's been in the game for over 30 years, has invested through multiple cycles, who's had success in different decades, failure in different decades, who's bought everything from multifamily to industrial to hospitality, somebody who's just very well versed in the real estate game. And, you know, we were talking about what's going on in the market right now in terms of there not being a lot of transactions about, you know, how I was joking. I was like, everything seems so easy recently, right? Like it was just, you know, deals are a little bit easier to find. It was easier to put together money, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And his response to it was really interesting. And he started talking about what the holy grail of real estate investing is and why this game is supposed to be hard. And when it feels like it's easy, that should be a sign that you found something. And the way he described it is that, in his opinion, the holy grail of real estate investing is when you find an approach in terms of how you're investing in the marketplace, that, you know, when you find an approach that allows you to buy deals that are priced at market value, but still earn above market returns or outsized returns, you've basically found the holy grail of real estate investing. And, you know, kind of put in a little bit more succinct fashion, because I stumbled over it, stumbled uh, over it there is... The holy grail of real estate investing is when you have a differentiated lens or approach that allows you to buy deals at market value, you know, right off the MLS or right off of, you know, from a broker's blast out to their buyer list and still earn returns that are better than what you can achieve in the market, right? Compelling risk-adjusted returns if we want to get technical. And at different points in the market cycle or at different points in the in the growth of a specific asset class or physical geographical market, there are opportunities to do that. And it takes a lot of talent to spot them. It takes being in the market to identify them as they're happening. But if you do spot one and you are in the middle of, of executing that strategy or investing in a market where this is possible, you need to immediately pour gas on the fire. And that's how he described it. So some examples of that, right? And this is this is what I've been thinking of in my own mind is... Finding a geographical market, right? Finding a market in terms of an, a city, a town, a region, that's inefficient where pricing is lagging behind where rents are going, for example, if we're talking multifamily, right? Where pricing is a few years behind catching up to where the rents have gone in that market and the overall broader marketplace has not caught on to that. You know, that's one example of it, right? And I'm sure if you if you've been in the game for a while, if you're someone who's invested for five, six, seven years, especially those of you that have done deals in secondary, tertiary markets that you know have been a little bit more sleepy, you might you, you know some markets might come to mind. I know some of them do for me. Um, another example is buying an asset or investing in an asset class that has not reached maturity. You know, this is probably short-term rentals in the 2016, 2017 timeframe before like everybody started buying short-term rentals or it became so popular where you could go and buy a, you know, a three bed, two bath house in a vacation market for 
you know, what was to be a, you know, what was considered to be a normal price at the time. And you were able to earn considerably above market returns, air being that property and generate massive amounts of cash flow, right? Still possible to do that if you're a great operator, but it was incredibly easy to do that five, six years ago. Another example is maybe you operate assets in such a way that the rest of the market does not or does not know how to do. And that allows you to just pay market price for properties, but operate them through your lens that creates outsized value. Maybe you have an acquisition channel to go direct to seller or some kind of unique strategy to go direct to seller that was that's working extremely well. And you know, you're just getting deals, you're getting more deals in the competition, or you're out competing other people that are going direct to seller. There's all kinds of examples of this, but you should always be thinking about the business through that lens. Like, what, you know, have I found, is this the holy grail? Have I found the holy grail? Where is that holy grail? Am I working towards it? Am I in a market where that's possible? Am, am I in a market that's inefficient? Am I buying asset classes at a stage in which they're still inefficient? And if you are in the game for long enough and you have the experience to spot when things are really easy and you are at that stage, then you are, you're incredibly fortunate and you need to go all in when that's the case. And I look backwards at the last six years and there have been multiple opportunities where I've been in that zone, but haven't had enough market context or experience in the game to recognize it. And therefore, didn't pour gas in the fire, and therefore left a lot of money on the table. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm willing to recognize that and admit that it's incredibly hard to to know that in the moment, right? Because it takes a lot of conviction and confidence to recognize that in the moment. But you know, there were times where we were doing things from a direct to seller standpoint back in 2018. You know, from a direct to seller email standpoint, we're sending some videos and we were doing things that nobody else had done, and we were just buying a ton of deals. And it felt, I remember at the time, it felt pretty easy, you know, in terms of it felt like we were, we were being rewarded more so than the work that we were doing. And at the time should have poured gas on that should have stopped everything else we were doing and just said, we are going to do way more of this. We are going to go all in on this and we're going to, you know, do as, as much of this as we possibly can to get as much deals as we can. We were also investing in some markets at that time, you know, some tertiary markets where the price per unit for multifamily assets was so behind where rents were going and had gone that there was just incredible amounts of value to be achieved. And the cap rate and out, like it was so out of whack. Like you could buy deals at nine, 10, 11, um, or, or, you know, buy deals and stabilize them to 10, 11, 12 caps, right. In a market that was trading at seven, eight. And there was this massive disconnect between what the local investors thought that this market was doing and what, more sophisticated regional investors thought that market was doing. And there was all kinds of value to be achieved. And I think some people that are listening to this that invest in my market are probably going to know the market I'm talking about. And now that time is, that ship is relatively sailed. Like this market's, the market I'm talking about in this example is now matured. And it's not as easy to find those deals because the secret's out, you know, to put this very plainly. And in the moment, it felt really easy. It felt really easy to create outsized cash flow. But I just thought, hey, that's just how it is. That's just what you get when you invest in real estate. This is what it should be. And it wasn't, right? That's just, that was a special time in, in that, you know, the, the life cycle of that market. And at that time, we should have went all in and done, you know, I should have cut off my left arm and sold it to buy as much real estate in that market as we possibly could have, you know, because it wasn't going to be like that forever. Now, 
it's again, as I mentioned, it's really, really hard to have the conviction to to identify when you are in a market that is doing that or when you're investing in an asset class that's doing that. But if you feel the game getting easy, that's a sign that that that's happening and that you should be going all in because this isn't supposed to be easy. Like finding great real estate deals, successfully operating them, you know, earning outsized returns through investing in real estate isn't easy. Like that's not supposed to be easy. So when it does feel easy, you probably found something. You should probably turn the, the faucet on a little bit more. So I highly urge everybody who's listening to this to think about investing through real estate in this lens. Where can I find this holy grail? And to constantly be asking yourself, am I in that moment? Is you know, is this happening? And a lot of this is based on feel and intuition. But understanding that those opportunities are rare and when things get easy in a certain area, in a certain market with a certain investing strategy, what have you, that it's not going to be around forever and that you should leverage that feeling in the moment when, when that's happening. You know, something that I think is happening right now as an example of this, where I kind of get this feeling is the rush to raising capital for deals through online mediums. And we're starting, this is starting to get a little bit mature. The real conversation about this was probably a few years ago before so many people started podcasts, so many people started raising capital through Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, through raising, you know, basically growing an audience and, and sourcing investor capital. But three, four, five years ago, the the overall marketplace was raising capital in an old-fashioned way, where they're, you know, somebody got a deal in a contract, they called up everybody on their list, said, Hey, do you want to invest? Sent them some information and then took some money in. Now, the market I still think is relatively in its infancy as it relates to this in terms of being able to syndicate deals using a 506C exemption at the SEC and broadly marketing your opportunity and backing into success with that by growing an audience. Like we're still in the early days of that, I think, but I but it's not nearly what it was a few years back. And I'm sure a lot of folks that raise millions of dollars because they weren't facing on online competition because most people hadn't really embraced that yet. Most real estate investors and private equity companies and syndicators hadn't embraced that yet. They were probably like, damn, this is really easy. <laughs> and now it's probably not nearly as easy. Um, and you know, this is something that we're a little bit newer in, in terms of raising capital in this manner. But highly urge you, what feels easy in the moment? What feels like you found like a glitch in the system? What feels like a cheat code? Go all in on that, right? Another example of that's like virtual work right now. Working with offshore talent, whether that's Philippines, South America, you know, you know, East your European talent, like remote talent that costs 10%, 15%, of local US-based talent. Like we're in the we're still somewhat in the infancy of that. A couple of years ago is really the infancy of that. But like if you can fully leverage offshore talent right now and build a business using offshore talent. You are so far ahead of people that have, that that are just not great at that, that have a hard time doing that, that haven't really embraced that, you know. So, highly recommend you keep an eye out for these trends, for these opportunities. If you feel like something is easy in your business, pour gas on it, go all in on it because it's not going to be easy forever. And this is something that I'm really trying to spend time thinking about now. And um, you know, the pain of looking back and spotting all of the different times where I was in a zone like that or in an opportunity like that but just assumed that it would always be that easy and didn't do more of it is painful. So try and understand that that is something that you may look back on in your current situation and feel and get ahead of it. I hope this episode made sense. I hope this was valuable to everybody out there. Um, if you feel like you learned something, please consider leaving the podcast a rating and review and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your feed of choice, whether that is Spotify or iTunes. And a quick plug for everybody out there. We now 
post these episodes on YouTube. So I post all the solo ones on YouTube and all of the guested episodes on YouTube as well. Now it's at, um, it's at the multifamily wealth podcast on YouTube. I'll try to include that in the show notes here, but, um, but again, uh, thank you for listening and I'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to this episode on the multifamily wealth podcast. If you learned something new during the show, please consider sharing this episode with a friend, family member, or business partner, or just leaving a rating and review as it helps the show get noticed by more folks. Catch you next week.